So one of the online voiceover casting sites that we highly recommend is Voice123. The quantity and the quality of auditions are some of the best. And not only is the quantity and quality good, but your Voice123 dashboard can give you such great insight that's helpful for your career. Yeah, you can actually see when clients favor you, like your audition, and even your booking ratio, which really helps you understand your sweet spot even better and how you can best serve your clients. Voice123 is offering a 15% discount for a new yearly membership, beginning with a $395 tier. And I made my membership amount back with one booked job. And I actually just signed up. If you're interested, see the link in the show notes or description. To get 15% off your new Voice123 membership. You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. Well, we are so happy to have J. Michael Collins with us today. I mean, over 25 years as a professional voice actor, and he has worked with some of the biggest companies, brands, sport leagues, and organizations. And he has really established himself as a leading industry authority and demo producer. And not only that, but his wife and business partner, Anna, J. Michael, and Anna bought VO Atlanta or took over it after this past year. And Anna's really leading it. And it's the industry's largest and longest running conference. And he's also co-producer of the One Voice Conference USA. So he's he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and then he hosts, he hosts voice actors each year at luxurious venues in Europe for the signature JMC Euro VO Retreat treats, and so much more. So we're happy that he and Anna are over VO Atlanta now. Thank you so much. And so we wanted to talk to him a little bit about that, but also get to know J. Michael. Um, so first of all, J. Michael, we are welcoming you in Atlanta, <laughs> and we're excited to see this year's VO Atlanta. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And uh, we're really excited. Atlanta is one of the great voiceover communities in the country and has supported this uh, top-notch conference for so long. And we're happy to have the opportunity to, to keep it going. Well, Jay Michael, I'd like to kind of go back in time a little bit and and let people know, like, how did you even end up getting into voiceover yourself? Well, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version, but it was, um, it's almost accidental. I started uh, when I was 12, 13. I, you know, I was always that kid who had the cassette recorder and wanted to be in radio. And I wanted to be a shock jock. I, my parents, <laughs> I don't know why they let me listen to Howard Stern when I was a kid, but they did. Uh, and I, I thought, hey, I'm going to be on the radio. I'm going to be a shock jock. So when I was 15, I lucked into an internship at a business news talk uh, station in Dallas, Texas. Um, I wound up inheriting uh, a show 
drive time evenings after they sold the station, but it was going to be a year before they changed formats and the guy who was running the show left. And so it's basically just reading copy off the Bloomberg wire, nothing terribly complicated. Um, but I actually got the chance to, to get into radio and thought, okay, here's my big break. And uh, turns out they, they were paying me peanuts to do the radio show, but all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, all of a sudden the station sponsors started asking for me to do some of their spots. And that was not paying a fortune, but it was sure as heck paying a lot more than, than the radio job was. And for a 15 or 16 year old kid, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, this is, this is a thing. This is interesting. And so uh, just over time, I, I went on to another station afterwards and continued to do spots for sponsors and then started doing some spots that were uh, just more, uh, more widely aired locally and uh, got a little agency representation. And by the time I got out of college, um, I had a chance to go to law school, but I was already making a small but respectable living doing voiceover. And uh, my family thought I was nuts, but I deferred for a year to see if I could keep it up and uh, and did and uh, turned into a career. Wow. <laughs> That's fantastic, especially starting out on radio. And I don't know if you knew, but Heidi and I started out in radio as well. Oh, very cool. Very uh, cool. Unfortunately, we did not make that switch early in our radio <laughs> career. <laughs> Had we, we, we would have loved to though. Um, so as you, as you take a gander back at the, at the past, knowing what you know now, would you do anything different? I think the biggest thing I would do differently is if I knew, you know, the first 10 years of my career were very much the old world brick and mortar agency based world of voiceover, mm -hmm. which was great. You know, I made a decent little income. I had a townhouse on a golf course. It, it didn't suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, if I knew what I know now about how effective we can be in finding our own work and going out and acting as as our own representative in many cases, um, which isn't to, to belittle that we love our agents, we love our managers, we love our people in the, the brick and mortar world of VO. But if I knew how much work was accessible on our own, um, I'd probably be retired right now and not talking to you guys. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think if I would learned that 10 years earlier, that, that would have been the one thing I could change. And I think it's so cool that talent today are much more aware and have more accessible uh, learning opportunities to understand how to market themselves because we are in a world now where, you know, we, there's so many different pillars of the industry and so many different ways to make money. And the more of those you have, the more diversified your industry income portfolio is, the better you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Out of all this, I mean, you have a lot of data as far as your the length of your career. Um, what do you think is the one of the biggest contributors to your success over the years? I'm going to go outside the box here, and uh, I, I think most people will give you some answer on on performance. Or, I, and I will say, persistence is important. I think one of the things that uh, that is important for all talent is to realize, no matter what anybody tells you, this is a numbers game. Whether you are auditioning through agents or management or through pay to play sites or doing your own marketing, the more people who hear your voice, the more work you're going to book. Period. Um, so, getting your auditions in, getting your demos out to potential buyers, that's critical. But I, if you ask me the question of what do you think the biggest contributor to my success has been? Um, I think part of it's just, I learned early on in this business, just don't be a jerk. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, this is an industry that, um, which is so unlike many parts of the entertainment world, it tends to reward the nice people. It mm -hmm. tends to reward the people who try to treat others the way that, that they want to be treated. And I'm sure I've stepped on a couple of toes and made a few enemies over the years, but I've tried very hard to, to treat other people the way that I want to be treated um, as a professional in this business. And I, I think that, I don't think I'm the, the greatest talent on the face 
of the earth. I coach people. I direct people. I hear people every day. Oh, wow. I don't want to, I don't want to audition against them. Right. Um, And I I think part of it is just being a decent human being and it'll carry you a lot further in this business than you might think. You've got to have some talent. You've got to have some, some technical ability and some business savvy, but just don't be a jerk. Yeah. (laughs) Be nice and easy to work with. Yeah. So uh, outside of you know the radio background and and then in voiceover, what led you to moving toward demos and creating demos and then the whole conference thing? What was that that like? Well, I'll tell you, I always kind of joke that these things sort of do happen by accident. There's no grand plan. And I think people see the things that we do and they assume there's some master plan, but um, it's it's really one foot in front of the other. The demo thing started about a decade ago or so where, um, you know, I would get national TV spots that I had booked back and you always just anticipating, oh, this is great. I'm going to put it on my reel. And, you know, back then my reel was mostly actual work that I'd done. Yeah. And uh, and you would get these spots back and you'd go, my God, what did they do to the audio? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, it's, and so often you'd get stuff that was really high profile, but had been crunched so badly for radio or processed so much for TV that by the time you get the final, you're like, I'm not sure I want to put that on my reel, <laughs> right? Um, and so, so I started just doing my own and I started and you know I've got some uh, got an engineering background to to some degree started doing my own started doing uh you know some for friends would god I Jesus I think I was charging I don't know three hundred dollars to people when I was doing the first <laughs> demos I was doing right um you know and uh the next thing you know people are like oh you're I got signed because of this thing you did and you know we're I'm booking work because of this thing you did can can you do some more can you do this stuff? all of a sudden I'm like wow this is a business and I think you know Chuck Duran was probably the person who first turned uh demo production into an art form. Mm. And a lot of us kind of realized, hey, you know, this is a thing where we can help to allow other talent to build their careers by creating reels that, you know, show. I, I love the way Cliff Zellman always puts this really well. He says, you know, the demo's your promise and the demo mm. should be um, should be reflective of the work that you want to do, not necessarily the work that you have done. Mm. And so it's a theater of the mind thing that allows talent to present themselves in the best possible light with uh, production and with uh, scripting and with direction that shows agents and casting directors and managers and buyers what they can do when they are given top level national copy and production and direction and what their potential really is. And that's kind of how the demo business took off. Mm-hmm. Um the conference business, on the other hand, I mean, I, I got into, I started doing conferences. I think the first one I did was Voice in in LA back in twelve or fourteen, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and kind of fell in love with that. I, you know, the the first decade of my career, I wasn't as aware of the fact that there was this community around the industry. And uh, once I had that experience, I was kind of hooked, and so I started <laughs> seeking them out. And I I spoke at uh, Atlanta, um, you know, maybe in its second or third year. I spoke at uh, the what used to be the Midwest voiceover conference in Columbus, Ohio. And I said, wow, this is a lot of fun. And what a great and enriching opportunity to, again, build that base of friends in the community. And, and it's just, you know, it's all of us getting out of our padded cells and, uh, and coming <laughs> yeah. out and having fun and learning and, uh, you know, and we're, we're fun people. We're nice people. So, um, with, Adla- with Atlanta, you know, I, I, over the years went from just being a speaker to as the JMC demos brand grew a little bit, we started to sponsor 
VO Atlanta. So I got to know Gerald pretty well. And uh, I think a few years ago, um, just kind of casually said, hey, you know, if you ever decide to to get out of it, um, I'd love to be your first phone call because we did, you know, that's of all of them, it's one we'd hate to see go away because it is such a, a, a community bonding exercise mm-hmm. in so many ways. And uh, so uh, last year, um, you know, I, I'd kind of got an inclination that Gerald was ready to uh, to call it and uh, to move on to other things. And uh, he initiated that conversation and uh, we just decided it would be a, a good fit at, at this time to um, A, to not let it die because it has been such an important part of the industry for so long um, and to maybe take it to, to bigger and better places. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, Jay Michael, you have seen the industry change so much over the years. Um, is there something different or something that you see in talent these days? Like if you were to say, okay, um, this is the aspect of talent that it takes to succeed today in today's voiceover mm-hmm. world. Is there anything that you see like through people that come through to do demos or whatever? Is there that one thing that they have or... Well, I'll, I'll I, I can never give a short answer. Can I? It's not, <laughs> That's okay. It's a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think in the old days, uh, back in the old days, it was. Um, <laughs> It was so much about what do you sound like? Yeah. And, you know, the, the actual vocal quality was important. And that's uh, less so today, depending on the genre that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like uh, the people who have um, acting backgrounds who are coming, especially from on camera, uh, you know, tend to take this uh, take to this relatively quickly because they they have the ability to be real and to be authentic and to start inhabiting characters and that's um you know even for commercial that's so much more important today um than it might have been 20 years ago uh i think that you know the younger talent who are getting into the business um have a little bit of an easier time in some ways because now it's just about sounding real so much and uh and you know so it's not so much about precise emphasis and inflection and you know hitting this word and billboarding that word it's so much more about just sounding natural and believable and a lot of the young people coming to the business already speak that way and they do have a a very natural and relatable feel to them mm-hmm. um so I think that that that's that's helpful uh but I I will say this that there is a an element of natural ability involved in this business just like there is if you're a singer or an actor or a quarterback um you know or a, or an I professional ice skater uh whenever I'm doing a talent eval with somebody I always say you know we're we're not I'm not expecting you to be Tom Brady but mm-hmm. I need to see if you can throw the ball Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there has to be some natural ability to throw the ball. There is a little bit of a, you know, I, 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 I worry sometimes that I see people who have been kind of chasing the, you know, the mailman for 10 years, um, trying to do this, <laughs> throwing a lot of good money after bad and, and not really getting very far. And part of that can often be that maybe that spark just isn't there. So I think, I think people need to be honest with themselves as talent. If you've been after this for more than two, three, four years, and it's, and you're not getting a lot of traction, have a frank conversation and see whether or not this really is the right fit for you. Because the talent that I see go to the top, yes, they work hard. Yes, they train hard. Yes, they get the education and they take the courses and they do the coaching. 
but they also have instincts and they also have a little spark of ability and that has to be present. So I think have a frank conversation with yourself before you, you invest deeply in, in this business as to whether or not that exists or whether you're chasing a little bit of a dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wise advice. So Jay, Michael, we've, uh, we got the map to the hotel. We're routing everything, <laughs> uh, to which conference, uh, uh, rooms and and X sessions and all that good stuff. Not forgetting the snack bar or maybe even the bar <laughs> uh, in that route. So definitely so what, the bar. Definitely the oh, bar. Sorry. So what, what can <laughs> you what can you tell us uh, about this year's VO Atlanta? What can what can voiceover talent expect? Well, so we got some cool stuff. I think the first thing that, that's going to rock people's socks is uh, on opening night after the opening ceremony, we're not just dispersing. We have the live finale of the Ultimate VO Survivor Competition, which is the voiceover industry's reality TV American Idol style contest show, mm -hmm. uh, which is led by Ellie Ray Hennessy and Deb Monroe. And uh, that's just going to be absolutely bonkers. They've done it online for the past couple of years, and now they get to come in and take over uh, the main room and the that's main stage for the evening. So that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I, I think also, uh, you know, the, the actual content itself, if you take a look at the lineup that we've put together, um, I'm not sure that there's ever been an assemblage of uh, just incredible talent and wisdom and uh, and knowledge um, like this one. So you're, whatever part of the business you're in, whether you're brand new or whether you've been doing it for 30 years, there's some content there for you. One of the things that we're really motivated by, though, is um, sort of improve the uh, the attendee experience and the creature comforts that the attendees can expect a little bit. I think we're we're looking forward to keeping all of the things that made VO Atlanta great over the years, and then improving on the things that could be improved on. So, for instance, we're going to have uh, coffee and water and tea stations out, so you don't have to line up at the the little uh, you know convenience stand that they've got there for <laughs> coffee. If you want a Starbucks, you're still going to have to go over right. there. But uh, <laughs> but if you if if you want coffee this year, it's going to be free and you're not going to have to wait to find 30 people. Um, you know, we're trying to make sure that the catering is strong for the lunches. I did think they did a pretty good, Gerald did a pretty good job with the catering last year. Some years it hasn't been great. Last year, I actually thought it was it was tasty. I usually go out and I actually had a couple of those meals and yeah. that, uh, <laughs> that says something. So we're going to try and make sure those standards are up. One of the things Anna is doing, and this is where she really excels, is that uh, she is on top of that hotel staff to make sure that service is crisp, it's faster, um, um, that the amenities that maybe disappeared during COVID are going to come back. We're hoping they're going to have room service again. Uh, we're going to make sure that the housekeeping is up to snuff and, you know, just all of those little things. Uh, they do have a new general manager at the airport Hilton, and I got to meet him on a trip over there about a month or so ago uh, when I walked the site. And uh, he's cool. He's an old school hotel guy. Um, I saw him out front sweeping the steps. Uh, wow. This is the general manager of the hotel. Wow. Um, you know, when they were getting my room, ready. He was coming out of it, making sure it was ready in time for my arrival. Um, this guy's the real deal, and uh, and he takes customer service seriously. So I think people are going to see a little bit of a step up on that this year. And uh, we're going to have some other cool things. We're putting some lounges together, um, some quieter spaces, some places where people can just hang out and chill. And we're going to have some great entertainment over the weekend, too. So nice. it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it sounds like it. Well, any last encouraging words to people that may be, you know, thinking about coming to VO Atlanta this year? 
Yeah. So, I mean, first off, don't get overwhelmed. It's, it's big. It's got a lot of content. There are going to be a lot of people there, but it is also an opportunity to just immerse yourself in this business in so many different ways. Like we talked about at the top, be strategic. Think about what you need right now in your career to help you grow and target those, that, the, those pieces of content uh, during the weekend, um, you know, and, and maybe challenge yourself with some stuff that you're not sure about. If you've, if you're not an animation person, you're a commercial narration person but maybe you want to expand into something that uh, that's outside of your comfort zone go you know go listen to some of our animation people go listen to bill farmer go get in there and uh and play a little bit and challenge yourself um and you know biggest thing is uh just come and embrace the community the love that we share for each other this is within the entertainment industry there is no group of people like voice actors we're the only Mm -hmm. part of the industry where you don't have to look at your back constantly to see if there's a knife sticking out of it we really (laughs) we really are here to lift each other up and you know nobody's hiding any secrets or trying to hide them behind a massive paywall we all tend to get in there and share them uh you know pretty freely so and also one other thing don't be afraid to go up and talk to the big agent don't be afraid Mm -hmm. to go up and talk to the big casting director or you know the animation legend or whoever else it is that you may find a little intimidating you're going to be shocked that all these people are just people um they're all just as happy to be there as you are and they would love to meet you and we'd love to see you there great i uh if i can put in a suggestion maybe you can set the agents up kind of like the coffee stations just maybe we can (laughs) (laughs) nice and easy right right (laughs) or or, agent stations you know (laughs) envelopes underneath the chairs you get an agent and you get an agent oh my gosh we'll we'll work on that yeah yeah pitch that to anna see what she says about that Mm -hmm. (laughs) well jay michael thank you so much for joining us today and if you are interested in going to um, VO Atlanta this year, then we've got a link in the show notes so you can check that out. And we hope to see you there. We'll be there. Yeah. Mike and I will be there and we can't wait. So thank you, Jay we'll Michael. We'll see you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and uh, see you in Atlanta. <laughs>